Welcome back to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. I'm your host, Sterling Mack, joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Um, got three stories for you today, a little bit of news and uh, some funding rounds. We'll start it off here with um, the WNBA. Uh, so Google will become a WNBA change maker through a new multi-year partnership that will drive engagement during many key moments throughout the year. As part of the partnership, Google will serve as presenting partner of the WNBA playoffs and an associate partner of the WNBA All-Star Game, which will be broadcast on ESPN and the WNBA Commissioner's Cup. Um, Google is the fourth company to step up here and become a WNBA changemaker, joining the exclusive collective of AT&T, Deloitte, and Nike. We highlighted um, really the beginning of the year, right? Deloitte kind of talked about some of the sports trends that were coming down the pipeline um, in 2021. And this is one of them, the, the incremental funding and sponsorship within women's sports. Obviously, viewership has been there. The interest has been there. We've just needed brands to get behind this. So uh, really cool for Google. Like I said, those other four partners that are there as well, AT&T, Deloitte, and Nike, stamping their names on it and really excited to see what this does and heightening and really bringing forth uh, some really good play. I don't know. I, I loved watching the uh, Wubble uh, last year. is awesome. I mean, I've always been like a WNBA person, mm-hmm. uh, so it was really cool to see. And like I said, I'm excited to see what Google brings forth here. So our first one here uh, from a story perspective, really interesting. Obviously, we're going to talk FIFA, but you know, shout out. You know, I'm a, I'm a Chelsea guy now because of Pulisic. So shout out to uh, Chelsea for being the, the first team, right, uh, to have their men and women's uh, squad make the uh, Champions League final. Uh, great game. Again, Pulisic, I mean, listen. If he if he doesn't go down as the best American, I, I mean that's it feels that that would be a a U.S. men's team issue, right? Not not a Pulisic issue. Well, I mean, in all fairness to Pulisic, it's a very low bar, so it's it's pretty low. But would we say who would we like? Landon Donovan's the best. No, the uh, I mean from the U.S. men's national team. It'd probably go to either him or to um, uh, goalie, goalie, goalie cousin. He's blanking on the name. But, yeah, w- but making that transition over into UFA, uh, he's the only American to do what he's done so far. I mean, you had DeAndre. And at his age, right? Yeah, you had um, uh, young Jordan cuz that went over there, but then, like, his game just kind of didn't develop out like it should, should have. So, yeah, he he can cement himself as probably the best American player of all time, but the bar is so low. It's just so low. That, yeah. It's no. It's just, but it, it is. It's it is giving a point though of where our game is evolving to. So, um, our U.S. men's national team should stop being, you know, the laughing stock and start being more relevant and try and simulate or, or resemble some of the dominance that the women's team has done for decades. So, congratulations to him. He is he is dope. Um, I'm just not trying trying to take away from him, but it is what it is. No, I mean it's totally right, right? I mean the you know we we just finished kind of talking about um, you know the WNBA and, and and doing more with partnership around women's sports. I mean, 
the women's national team has been head and above, like head and shoulders above where the men's team has been for a long time. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting to your point. The bar is very low to be an incredibly successful American soccer player. Yeah. Uh, but just for it seems like stats. he is on his way. When you start yeah. having success in Europe, that's why, that's why I said it feels like at this point, it's not his skill level or his ability to go play overseas. It's, can we craft the correct team and do all the, the correct steps to be, you know, in the world cup and all those type of things. Right. Yeah. So that he can showcase those skills. Yeah. And, and our first team that we put out and I uh, forgot which qualifying game it was for. Um, you had a few European players that were on that. And so just for that fact, and I can't, I can't list them all off the top of my head, but just for that fact of having that, you know, many more as that many more players coming over from the European league back and playing on the U.S. men's national team. It's just going to continue to strengthen us, but um, we still have a long way to go to recreate the magic that we had in um, South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That was a great time. It felt like a great great time in America. I don't know why. Maybe I was just super young and really naive or something. No, it was was great. Uh, We... we we didn't mean to go into Pulisic talk in Chelsea, but um, the reason we did is because uh, FIFA uh, has created an innovation program structured as a de facto product incubator, helping companies develop promising prototypes to reach global standards. Uh, each project is given a two-year timetable to reach its, its objective and must be sponsored by an association, competition, or pro club. The three inaugural members are Viva Turf, we just created an artificial turf without polymeric infill. Player Maker, the first footborne electronic performance tracking system. We actually highlighted them uh, really early last year when they were they were super early stage. Uh, and View, a new goal line technology system. Uh, we all know that is needed right now within all forms of soccer um, or football. However, you say that. Feepers preferred. Preferred provider program seeks to explore best practices for the distribution of live tracking data for both clubs and players to improve performance and maintain fitness. So shout out to FIFA. Um, you know, last week we highlighted the Minnesota Twins uh, partnering with Test Stars for an accelerator incubator. So I'm gonna. I feel like more of these are gonna pop up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because you're trying to you're trying to push data. And like I just said, fitness and technology within your sport, what better way, right, to kind of have your hands uh, involved in it, obviously, uh, from the financing perspective, but also to kind of mold what is kind of the next steps of next iteration to what technology is. Yeah, I, I really do like the the FIFA FIFA's innovation program. And I think, you know, like you said, we highlighted the twins. We also highlighted the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but what the, the difference is, between those two organizations to what this is, is, you know, those are singular clubs and teams uh, putting this together, but it also doesn't have the full backing. Yes, you are with the NBA team, but it would be nice to have that full umbrella backing of the NBA. And then, um, then you, you're associated with the team as well. And so that's what goes along with this FIFA program, which is just takes it a step higher for those, you know, those startups, you know, I'll, I'll say, pretty farther you know far from being a startup like playmaker um sorry viva turf had like you know an, an infuse for a seed round uh b funding round of like 10 million dollars so you know they 
from like an individual donor. So these are companies that are are constantly growing and they just need that solidification of having that badge of like, you know, we're, we're with the NBA, we're partnering with the NBA, but you have to make these stipulations. And then on top of that, you have your two year timeline to test your product out so that then you can go to market at a larger scale and have that on your resume that you can throw on your website, you know, partnered with FIFA. And then if you can continue that, uh, that partnership, it's fantastic. So like, like you said, with, um, Viva Turf. Right now, there's one thing that they are missing when it comes to their playable surface to be able to to have it roll out, you know, uh, fully across, you know, every every club within FIFA have that ability to do that. So that's something nice to know. And FIFA told them that so they can work on that. And it comes down that like they're cut down from abrasions. They don't have that infill. And their biggest thing that they're looking at is coming at from a sustainability aspect of it, because, like, you know, you play on turf, you have those rubber pellets. They're starting to use wooden pellets now. They're trying to figure out the game. Um, to make it more sustainable with putting turf, because we all know cost perspective cost for an organization um, night and day difference from having a field field grass versus a turf uh, field. And but players are superstitious and players are specific, especially those that you're paying millions of dollars about what they want to run on top of. So and the game of soccer is a game played on grass unless you are over here in the U.S. and we don't we don't give a damn. So uh, Viva Turf is on their way. And then Playmaker, like you said, we highlighted it before. And the difference with this product is if just to give a quick overview, you strap a little black strap around the back of your heel, whether on whichever boot. And this is for football, soccer, football. And it tracks not just, you know, the speed that you're running, but down to the T of like what you're doing with your feet. And so I think that has been making strides as well. I might have had the funding mixed up. It might be Playmaker as well, but um, they've had an influx of cash come in. And so like now you're going to see that. I think that trickle down to like the children, basically, because imagine, you know, as a baseball player, Sterling, you know, you're going off of first base. You can track your steps from first to third or first to second. And you can say like, you know, we can cut this down stride length wise, where you're getting your power from, you know, even in the batter's box, you can see like how you're turning or what you're using with your feet and, and how you're stepping. So it's really specific and better than just those catapult stuff that they wear GPS on their on their shirt. And then lastly, with the view, yeah. Uh, only thing I'll say is Ronaldo would have loved this three weeks ago to be in place as it takes up to 200 frames per second. Um, I don't think I have that wrong. And you get a live shot in the most slowed down way um, at the goal at the goal. So you can see if the ball did cross the line. So that's being used. And I think so Playmaker and View are fully approved and Viva Turf is working to get that last approval. But it's a good, great program. Yeah, no, it is. Like I said, it, it, anytime you're advancing the technology within your sport, you've got a hand in it. You're able to kind of mold it again, you, you know, getting the sponsorship from a team or from a league or organization. I mm -hmm. think it's, I think the way that they've structured it is really cool. Uh, so I'm excited to see one, how these three inaugural members uh, work out and kind of see how they are implemented, right. Moving yeah. forward, but also kind of who else kind of joins in and, and is kind of like in the next batch or next iteration of this. Yeah, why don't why don't you think the NBA or the MLB went from this approach of saying let's go from the top down instead of just letting all of our affiliates decide what they want to do? So let's have the overarching umbrella. I think well, I think NBA might have had a small accelerator down in Atlanta, but I don't, yeah. I don't think that fizzled out. But not a nationwide umbrella that has stuck and saying like let's have the umbrella and then from there you have your affiliate because I think that's the perfect way to do it. Um, yeah, what do you what do you think? 
Yeah, I think here there's so many ways for companies. There's so many accelerators. There's so many different incubators within America that are focused on this that I think for like the NBA or MLB, I don't know if it's – it doesn't behoove them to like put their hand in it. Now, they mm-hmm. can like sponsor to your point. What the NBA did was like, hey, we'll partner with you as you guys kind of like launch this or – to your point with the um, the Microsoft one that's up in Wisconsin. So all three of the major uh, teams, the Bucks, the Packers, uh, the Brewers are all involved there. I think you'll start seeing more of that. Now, if, now if, a, if a company comes in, again, similar to like the Microsoft one and says, hey, like we'll partner, we'll throw up some money, you guys bring some money in too, I, I can see the NBA kind of going for it. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier to do technology in the NBA than it is maybe baseball. Maybe I, I think the the thing with baseball, right, is like it feels like it's a I hate it's a larger it. conversation right there. I feel like it's there, right? Like there's only there's one thing to like talk through analytics and should you do the shift and yeah. you know spin rate and all that type of stuff. But as far as kind of like what you can do to kind of push the game forward, like there's only unless they start changing really changing rules, right? There's only yeah. so much you can do in baseball. Yeah, um, well, leave like it, leave it. Leave a comment too. What you what you guys think of you know where the innovation is in baseball and what we you know they can do to improve and why do you think they're they're kind of behind the game as well? Because that's certainly that's a great question. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things where I'm not saying it's tapped out, right? We've talked about like K motion, blast motion. There's there's tons of companies that are out there. Again, they're more so data companies than they are these like you know uh, sensors or things like that. Right. Um, you know. Uh, Drive, driveline baseball is doing an amazing job of like pushing and using analytics and using data to help guys get better. But yeah. again, I feel like I feel like the NBA is and maybe even football, right? We just talked about uh, you know, new types of helmets, different things around um, you know, uh, making sure that like offensive linemen don't have injuries, things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's just better partnerships out there for the NFL and the NBA than there are MLB. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But to your point, I think it's I think that is why those leagues have not put the because you got to put the money up right to, to get these companies in there because at the end of the day, the companies need mentorship, but they also need funding right to exactly. to, to move forward uh, exactly. and, and also maybe access to like different technology or stuff like that. And so, I think that's why the leagues have been hesitant, especially at this time right around COVID, to put more money up at the moment. Well, FIFA is leading the way right now. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, the next one we have, NFTs have been huge. I saw this one. I wanted to kind of have a quick conversation about it. Uh, it's called Sports Icon, um, and they are aiming to deliver even more value via sports-focused NFTs. Again, NFTs are non-fungible tokens uh, with direct collaboration with athletes and lessons from the pros to accompany the one-off digital collectibles. Uh, so it's actually backed by the CEO um, of Dapper Labs right now, which is super cool. <coughs> Do you okay over there? I know I know the craze of NFTs and NBA Top Shot can get you choked up. You got funding by rapper Nas, um, as well as NBA players Andrew Bogut. Enoch uh, Ventures has uh, partnered with Nihal Minty and more. So the company has announced its initial round of funding along with its public launch, but declined to disclose the total amount, noting only that it's in the seven figures. So money out here rolling. 
And uh, Sports Icon will be debuting between 15 to 20 NFTs created in collaboration with athletes that commemorate specific historic moments from their sporting careers. And accompanying these NFTs will be two-hour masterclasses, which the company said in a press release will give fans access to their mental and physical training methods, techniques, and best practices. And this is coming uh, from Sports Icon that has the backing from Roham, uh, Gar is Yeah, I wasn't gonna say that. I, no offense, I wasn't gonna say the name out there. So shout out to him. That was, Gar- that's a tough name. the CEO of Dapper Labs. That's a tough name. That's a tough name. Rohan, if you want to come on, let us know. Sorry, we butchered your name there. Um, yes. No, I think this is interesting, right? To. I think the mm-hmm. the master class behind it is where I'm like, huh, right? I think anytime you're able to take something where you're like, it's interesting too that Andrew Bogut's one of the investors, right? Like, I don't know if people want an NFT of Andrew Bogut, but when you're able to put a, a, a collaboration with certain athletes that commemorate specific kind of moments, but then also to allow them to kind of give you this, I don't even want to call it like a, ma- a masterclass, like a docu-series, right? Of like something super cool. Let's right. use Steph Curry, Andrew Bogut, Warriors. Um talking about Steph hitting 400 threes in the season, right? And one of those would be a really cool moment of him hitting them or maybe the three that he hit against OKC, right? And then talking through his process of like how he goes about doing that. I think that'd be, I think that's something that I would pay for. I think that's something super exclusive too, right? Because you would have not only the NFT, it's another value prop there for you. Right, we kind of talked about that a couple weeks ago with the Warriors. Like, what's the value prop? Right, what 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 in what entices and enhances this? It, I don't want to say secondary marketplace, but like after you bought it and after the crazy NFTs, like why would I why would I want to go buy this from you after you buy it? Right, this is one of those that would actually make me go buy this from you. No, I'm a hundred I'm a hundred percent with you on that one, and I think they're hitting this at the same t- at the right time. I know that. It's going to be interesting to see because Dapper Labs runs their blockchain off of the Dapper blockchain. And so I don't think that is I don't think that's a uh, a spin-off from the Ethereum blockchain where you have that smart those smart contracts for NFTs. So I want to double check on that one because they do have their own blockchain, which is interesting because the big thing is is as you've seen like Ethereum right now has hit an ATF and I think they're at like 3500 right now. So as that continues to bump up and then you have something that has that like true exclusivity to it, 15 and 20 of them that are going to be out there. And you have that deep dive into in to the insides of how these athletes were thinking and, and these special moments. These would just be worth a lot, especially if they're on the Ethereum blockchain. You know, that could be I, that could be something that's irrelevant as I'm just talking that out. But I'm just thinking if people are associating one thing with another. Um, most people probably don't even know that a lot of the NFTs are on Ethereum blockchain anyways. But um, yeah, there's a lot of value with these because of the scarcity as well as being in depth with um, just the moment that that's that's attached. Yeah, agreed. I think, yeah, again, it's that it's that that value prop for me. That's super cool. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll see, we'll see where they kind of take this, what type of moments they're trying to craft. I wonder too, since uh, you know, you got the CEO of Dapper labs, if you're, they're able to kind of like tap into some of those moments as well and kind of pull those over into what sports icon is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really interesting to see kind of how this, how that goes there. Uh, the last one we have is called game changer. 
It's the number one rated new sports app for team management, scorekeeping, and live game streaming. Today, they announced uh, – actually, not today. Um, they announced a couple weeks ago, actually, or last week, that it, that it became the official scorekeeping app and pitch count technology partner for the Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic Association. Um, game Changer is actually owned by Dix, which I thought was kind of interesting part about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also thought – there's going to be more of these type of partnerships with some of the technology that's out there, right? Instead of you trying to go, you know, straight to consumers with it, you're going to go more so kind of a B2B. I know this is more kind of like the, I hate to say fed, right? But you, it's like state and local departments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but a really interesting way for you uh, to one kind of seed your product and obviously get implementation and then kind of build off of, build off of that. So um, really cool. They're obviously, you know, trying to help uh, or uh, their aim, right, with their platform is to try to like reduce injuries within new sports. Obviously, there's you know there's tracking and, and being able to like be able to you know have like a, a live scoreboard. Uh, but the other part of that is to be able to make sure the kids stay healthy. And so it's a really cool thing the Game Changers is doing. And again, the fact that Dix owns them, I, th- I think is uh, I know it's called Game Changer, but I think it's super interesting. Um, you know, the fact that this is going to be able to touch they said it's pia consists of 1400 schools and more than 350,000 students participating in the inter- interscholastic athletics um so it's making pennsylvania sixth in the nation among all jurisdictions ju- jurisdictions in scholastic sports participations just wanted to throw those numbers out because it just shows how large when it comes to baseball softball obviously those the 35 350,000. Sorry, I think I said that number wrong to start off with, but those aren't all playing baseball and softball, but it just shows you the large number of student athletes that are participating and playing. And so the biggest thing that I think Sterling pointed out um, is the safety aspect, because we all know these parents and we've had countless stories of these coaching apps and um, these tracking apps, but this is going to be live track pitching, especially if you're coming from a team that is your, your, son or daughter is playing year round baseball or softball, which I don't think is healthy, but now you get that live counter when they're playing high school sports of uh, pitching and throws. Um, if you're on the mound, because you've seen injuries popping up um, left and right more so than it was in the past because of that focus on playing just a singular sport. So I like the safety aspect of that because there's so many kids that are getting injured now. Um, I wanted to ask your opinion on that one. I, I wanted to read it out so you could. I wanted to see what your thought because I thought that was probably one of the biggest things and and where this goes state to state after this. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, there's you know, Perfect Game is already kind of partnered um, or has a couple partnerships, right? So we'll see. Like I said, I think you'll see more of this adoption within um, you know within. A different like you know how there's different oh, i hope i say this correctly right like there's different levels within high school right mm-hmm. take like in georgia remember they tried to do like the private school and then the public school and then there's like another league and all that type of stuff i can see that type of adoption kind of going into place i think perfect game and all of those are already like locked up they're such big money makers right high school sports has always kind of been on the back burner just because of a money perspective right you can make more money from the travel side and all the camps and everything else um but i do see this again if it if it goes well i know there's other ones that are out there 
like league safe stuff like that right. um that have been you know league apps out there in like new york and stuff like that or in california that have been implemented um so that's what it's about right it's about that implementation getting on the ground floor and obviously just expanding from there right once once and, and that's another thing too right if you have multiple kids in a family and you're in like one kind of big area, one large metropolitan area. People don't want to like switch over, like, oh, we already downloaded this one, or we've been using this, right? Like, why don't we? The, the it's easier for people to stay on one, uh, one type of like platform than it is trying to switch around and, and change everything up. So that's that's the other part of that about that, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I well, mean, I've never used Game Changer, um, but I'm, I'm interested to see like how this works in Pennsylvania. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was cool just just from the fact of, I mean, this is the first partnership I think we've talked about coming from the state high school perspective. So we've had the private run uh, or the private structured camps, all type of stuff, but they're obviously major around the country, like you said, with Perfect Game. But, you know, being partnered with the Pennsylvania PIAA, it's like coming down to Georgia being with the GHSA. And so you're getting in now with the state high schools and then, you know, you look at the lower economic schools that don't have access to stuff like this. And now they can have these stats because it's a, it's a state sanctioned game. And so they can keep track of it and it's going to be technology that's disseminated, hopefully, you know, how, depending, like you said, implementation and rolling it out uh, to every high school so that it's tracked officially within the state. And so it just makes the st- statistics better. You can, watch your games that just helps people track if they're trying to go to college but then you have the safety aspect of it which is big so yeah i was just thinking from just a a state perspective you know will other states pop on ghsa um the big the big three really if georgia pennsylvania's one georgia's the other ohio texas california and florida so if you have adoption there then that just continues will it'll it'll kind of change the model for how you want to release your product a little bit yeah, that too, especially when you're talking new sports, right? Right. Uh, so, again, shout out to a Game Changer, again, owned by Dick Sporting Goods. Uh, a couple funding rounds here. First one is Super Sapiens, uh, Atlanta-based sports technology startup, raised $13.5 million, um, which included participation from serial investor Ed Baker and various fitness brand executives, Super Sapiens. Um, uh, provides the app software and personalized analytics to complement the Abbott glucose sensor. Uh, they claim to already have more than 2,000 athletes on their system within with 12 weeks of being on the market. The sensor is not a, is available in Europe, uh, not yet available here in the U.S. Um, the startup is also working on its first hardware product, the Super Sapiens Reader Version Zero, to help athletes see their live fuel data. So shout out to them, um, kind of. Ch- game changer there uh from like how you kind of mold and, and read your body <clears throat> next one shoot 360 which is a basketball training technology startup raise 2.2 million in a series b funding round with investments from trey young sue bird and other w nba and nba players the company plans to open 15 new shoot 360 facilities by the end of 2021 bringing its total number of U.S. locations to 27. Shoot360 provides shot tracking feedback on each shot and an interactive screen that prevents that presents excuse me, targets for users to complete passing and ball handling drills. Um, 
We've talked about Urgata actually right when they first started, right when they kind of got out there. They had a $5 million seed round back in July of last year. They just completed a a total funding round of $35 million led by Advanced Venture Partners with participation from Greycroft, Fifth Wall, uh, Gangles, and Hatung. Um, pretty cool. I think it's one of those things where – you kind of assume some of the growth that we saw in this category within connective fitness will start to slow. Um, but obviously people feel like what Ergata can do um, and, and kind of you know, where they're going, being kind of like one of the early ones out there in the market that there's, there's still potential to them for them. So, so them getting this $35 million is a, a pretty big deal. They say the funding will go toward developing new content competition and social features for its platform. Um, the last one here is better collective a media and data platform aimed at sports gamblers has reached an agreement to purchase the action network. Um, which is, this is pretty big, right? So it's for $240 million. Uh, this is the largest acquisition in better collective history. The deal will combine two of the market leaders in generating tools for betters to inform their wagers if you don't you know darren rovell he's kind of the big name that went over to the action network so um he actually you know obviously people called it out but i wanted to highlight it here to end the pod so um yeah that wraps up our funding rounds um hope everyone's having a great week maybe better than the news breaking of albert pool holes kind of crazy we'll jump into that i think we're going to do something on that because i think it's really interesting to talk through you know the end of careers for great athletes, especially within baseball. But um, we appreciate you listening and subscribing. Uh, definitely check me out at at Steve Mac, and you can see Taylor at at Taylor Mac twenty nine. Uh, and we hope to see you on the next edition of Sports Take Atlanta Sea Talk.